Okay, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Beloved for our Wednesday Bible study. Um, so today I'm sharing about last week we did on Job. Uh, some of you, I, I think if you hear it again, you'll get everything together. Uh, so today I'm going to speak about um, flesh, the carnal mind versus the spirit. Okay. Um, there's a lot that I want to speak. I've just put down some verses there, but I, I may not refer to everything. Uh, so for those listening to us online, uh, there's a little link below uh, this video. And then if you click on it, it's going to open up to, uh, to a PDF and you'll have all the scripture references of what I'm speaking today. Uh, <clears throat> before I get into this, uh, you know, if you've heard Job, the, the life of Job that I shared last week and, uh, you know, I was talking about fears and how as a son, uh, you know, when people say that your fears will come upon you, uh, at the end of whatever that fear is, uh, it's any type of fear. It's a fear of death. Okay. Something bad. Okay. And I'd like to just uh, read this verse to you because I didn't read it last time. And it says that uh, <clears throat> it's in Hebrews chapter 14. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, that means Jesus' death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that, that is the devil, okay? And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And release those who through fear of death. That's why you've been released. That's why it has no power over you. To say that your fears will come upon you because it's a fear. At some point, it's a fear of death in any way. Whether it's losing a job or anything. There's a fear of death. Okay? But death has been defeated. And it says that Christ has redeemed us. Has set us free. All the sons who are constantly in fear of death. Okay? That's why we are in a greater position. You can no longer compare yourself to a joke. Okay, all uh, Job had sufferings, but no sufferings can come upon you. Even as you're waking up, all of these things are coming under your feet. Okay, because you're a son. So hear the, hear the video on uh, the life of Job that I've shared and uh, so much truth. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so today I'm sharing about uh, spirit versus, versus the flesh. Okay, or the carnal mind. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so we're sons of God. Okay, born again. The word born again means, our identity means born from above. That's what born again means. Okay, so I want to begin with the first verse that I put there. John 3, 6. It says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So when you look at your body, you look at it, this physical body. Right? And by earthly descent, I belong to my mother. I belong to my father. But then one day, I met Jesus Christ. Okay? I came home to my father. And now, I no longer have my connection with my earthly bloodline. Okay? That's what it means to get born again. And that's why it says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And now, our identity is that of a spiritual being. That's why... You and I are life-giving spirits. We are no longer earthbound. Our descent and everything about us is spiritual. 
okay and god wants us to have that same identity in us that means we follow we start believing we start uh, allowing ourselves to be to uh, to be dominated by the spirit that means what he is saying about us and not by the flesh that means if i look at my mother and get a lot of my identity from my mother that would be me being in the flesh okay so i want to i want to talk about spirit i put carnal mind and the flesh because the bible calls it the same the carnal and the flesh the same and then it talks about spirit so now our identity so we are not going to be in a position as a son oh this is flesh and this is spirit our identity is that of spirit but the bible talks about the flesh and that's where i want to bring bring it today okay and i don't have to tell you what flesh is you know when the flesh is rising up in you okay and that's why it it's told that we are we are we are led by the spirit of god that means we are dominated by the spirit of god and as sons of god we are called to dominate the flesh when it rises up okay so <clears throat> when adam when, before adam fell adam was a spiritual uh, adam was dominated by his spirit okay it was spirit soul and body the minute adam partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil he fell into a carnal mind okay i always say this long before uh, you know adam began his journey god wanted him to begin his journey by faith simply because god told him don't partake of this tree he just had to believe god at his word and what happened the devil got him into reasoning into looking at it and he got into a logical mind he processed it he looked at the fruit and it says that uh, you know she saw that the fruit was good to eat that it would make one good and then gave it also to adam and they partook of the fruit through reason and then he fell into this realm of carnality that means everything became logical and reasoning and the minute you get born again now god is taking you out of that carnal mind out of that mind of reasoning and bringing you back back into just sons are led that's why if you look at the entire old testament everything was not logical to man he chose david who was not technically he wouldn't have been someone who should be chosen as king he was a shepherd boy taking care of his sheep he chose joseph who was just he was uh, you know again in the farm with his brothers maybe the least one who should be eligible to become the second in charge of pharaoh okay and uh, you know you see in the in the old testament when god leads people in the wilderness the way he's he's talking to them okay telling to hit the rock and then the rock will part it will give some water go around the walls of jericho and then after you go around seven times the walls will fall what is all of this it doesn't make sense to the carnal mind it doesn't make sense to the logical mind because everything about god is by faith and then you come into the kingdom and there's a constant war between the flesh and the spirit okay and then at every point you realize there are two thoughts sometimes you have and you have to let go of one and choose the higher one and that's what it means to be dominated by the spirit or those who are led by the spirit of god those are sons of god you're making a choice okay and that choice leads to its life and peace okay now um let's read if you have romans romans 6 i'm going to read romans 7 romans 8 i've covered this before but i'm going to uh look at it through a different angle okay uh i'm just going to read galatians 2:20 first so where do you and i begin with i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. This whole life that you're living right now, it's all Christ in you. And that's what you believe. That's what, where you begin. I choose to believe that everything that I do is, it's all Christ. And if it's not, he just shows it to me. Okay. Now, let me read <clears throat> Romans 6. Okay. I'm going to read it. I've not put it down there because there were too many chapters, but just, just hear it. Okay. Um, I'm reading from, okay, Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin that, sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death, okay, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing that, now see this, that our old man, that the old Priya, that the old Ratna, that the old Rishi was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, or we should no longer be dominated by our flesh anymore, or our sinful nature anymore. That's what it means. To not allow it or not let it have dominion. Okay? For he who has died, uh, yes, knowing that this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died, for Priya who has died, for Ratna who has died, has been freed from sin. Or has been freed from Satan's hold over your life. Okay? Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, knowing that Ratna, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. Death no longer has dominion over Christ. Death no longer has dominion over me. Okay? For the death that he died, the death that Jesus died, he died to sin once and for all. That the life that he lives, he lives to God. Now the same way it's saying, likewise, you also think of yourself to be dead indeed to sin. That means it's power over you. Satan's power over you. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin or Satan shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. And having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanliness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. 
For when we were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm just reading this and then just flow with me. Okay? Try not to get distracted. Uh, chapter 7. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law, to the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to whom, to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, that means this, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were aroused by the law, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What does it mean when it says, when, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. You know, when Adam sinned, okay, the minute he partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, sin entered this. The flesh. That, that's why we are sinners, not because of what we do. Sin is in the, that's why it's called, where is the law of sin and death? Is in your body. It acts up here and there, it shows up. Okay, that's why we have a glorified body and that's, that's when it, it, it will not act up. But right now, the law of sin and death, that's why you can never get right in your flesh. That's why we live by faith. That's why it's called righteousness by faith. Because Jesus went on your behalf, in the flesh, he was crucified to fulfill all my righteous requirements. That's why it says that today my identity doesn't come after the flesh, means by what it's doing. It comes through a spiritual identity. I believe by the word. So that's what it's all by faith, righteousness by faith. My identity is by faith. I believe it because my father says so. Okay, and so what does it say? When we were in the flesh, when Adam died, he fell in the flesh. That means even if he wanted to, he couldn't. Because the Holy Spirit was not in him anymore. He was a spiritually dead man. And even in the old, the Spirit came on people and then it left. But now you and I are at a greater place because the minute on Acts, when the kingdom of God comes, when Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. The Spirit comes, becomes one Spirit with our Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit has come in, in living in us now to absolutely have absolute dominion over you. And that's why today we are no longer slaves of the flesh. That means we could say like, oh, I just can't help it. No, no, you, you're put, supposed to put to death those things because you have the ability to subdue because the Holy Spirit is in you and he's the one who's doing it. Okay, that's what it means. So look at this. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by so that we could serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. 
what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have, have known sin except through the law. For I would have not known covetousness unless the law would have said, you shall not covet. But sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Okay. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it killed me. Therefore the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good. Now see this, verse 13. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin that it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, soul and under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. And what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, now see how Paul is, is separating the two. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. That means I want to do good, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Okay? Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Can I read that again? This is very important for you. Okay? Now, if I do what I will not to do, you know how many times, sometimes I can have the flesh rise up, outbursts of anger. I've had that. Okay? And I know that it's in the flesh. With all of my being, I don't want to do it. And then I see it rise up sometimes. Okay. And then it says, now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Is he getting the identity, separating the two between flesh? But Paul is saying, this is not who I am. And that's what you do. That is not who you are. Your identity is a spiritual identity today. We are called to subdue the flesh. But if it acts up, you don't let it tell you who you are. You don't let it give you an identity. Okay? I find then, now see this, verse 21. I find then a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Okay? But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing it into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. See, this is where he's saying the law of sin and death is in your members. So he said, I want to do it. And then suddenly I see myself becoming captive. And this, this flesh is sort of trying to take over. Okay. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God. Now see this, the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. With the mind, how are you serving the law of God? How are you serving the law of God? With the mind. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Okay? Now I'll take you to a deeper truth. 
let's read uh, Romans 8. Now, I, I, I put down Romans 8 in, uh, just look it up, where I put it up, because I took it from the uh, Passion Translation. Okay, I took the whole of Romans 8. Now, for those who can't go there, I'm just going to read it to you through this. Okay, now hear this. So now the case is closed. This is what the Passion Translation says. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointed Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Do you want me to put this up here on screen share? Just a minute. Let me try and do that. Hold on. Okay, can everyone see that? Okay, let's get here. Okay, see this. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. That's why Jesus had to come in the flesh. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. That's why you do not have to have a guilty conscience anymore. Your, that's why in Hebrews it says, your conscience be bold to come before the throne of grace and having your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. That means a guilty conscience. That's sin conscious conscience. Okay? So look at this. God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one giving his life in us. And we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? And now you're free to live not, you're free to live not according to the flesh, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit has come in dominion in you. You know, in everything, you have a choice. Every person, there is no difference. There are always, there's always a choice because there are two thoughts. And then the one who is taking is, is a son who's spiritually there. That means you're taking, you're choosing to believe what God says about you. In every step, in every step. And that's what it says, those who are led by the Spirit of God, or in another translation, it says, those who allow themselves to be dominated by the Spirit are sons of God. And that leads to life and peace at every point. Okay, so look at this. And we are free to live not according to our flesh anymore, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Now see this, those who are motivated by the flesh, 
That means everything is sensual. Everything is to do with your five senses. That's what flesh is. Flesh is when Adam fell, he fell into a carnal realm. That means his five senses started speaking to him. What he is seeing, what he is hearing, what he is tasting, what he is feeling, what he is smelling, all his five senses. And now he goes because he saw the, he saw the fruit, whatever the fruit is. He, he thought of it in a certain way. It looked good. It felt good. He grabbed it. He took it. Everything to do with your sense realm. And now we are coming back out of that realm. God is taking that carnal mind and his son is led. That's just the way the kingdom works. Okay. So look at this. For those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are, are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the spirit gives life and peace. The mindset controlled by the flesh is death. You know, sometimes you get a train of thoughts and you just know it's just going into a downhill. And it says a mindset controlled by the flesh is death. At the end, it is just death. You know, constantly when you're thinking about a problem and then you get into this whole negative pattern of like, and even accusing somebody. That's why I said, we as sons cast down the accuser of the brethren in you. Sometimes I see it rise up and I choose not to and I have to pull it out. Oh, what am I doing? And bring it under my feet. Because I, it's called the accuser of the brethren, but I don't want to become one with him. He shouldn't be in me. And so I cast it down. In every opportunity, I get, no, I'm not going to cast. I'm not going to speak ill of my brethren in whatever way. And it's a decision that I make. And if I see it acting, I have to pull it down and just pull it under my feet at every occasion. Okay? Because if I do it and if I allow just to go in that, it's just going to lead to death. Because it's not of the spirit, it's of the flesh. Okay? The Bible talks about what is of the flesh and we'll get into that a bit little later on. Okay? For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the spirit is life and see what it's going to bring about. It's going to bring about peace. In whatever area it is, the end result is going to be shalom. It's going to be salvation. It's going to be peace. Everything about the spirit, we are life-giving spirits. Trust me, don't go by what it doesn't make sense to your head and reasoning and everything. Spiritual truths will always give birth to life and peace. It's just truth. It's truth. Okay. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. That means if it's making sense to your head, you want to know first how it's going to do. I want to know exactly how it's going to be. Constantly reasoning and processing and tries to figure everything, logical mind. Okay, it leads, it, it has no faith in it. And that's why it says that no matter how hard you try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. Anything to do with your five senses, anything to do with logical and reasoning. Okay. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. This means if you're born again, now this is a truth. The truth is you're not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. Before you got born again, you were dominated by the flesh. So someone could say, I have no, I have no power. I am an alcoholic and it just has all power and I have no, I, I, I cannot. And then it says, but now you got born again, you are no longer dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. The Holy Spirit has come back into dominion in your life. 
and now he is there he's taking over and so you can't be in a position where oh it has no control no 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 the holy spirit is there you can subdue those things okay but if you are joined to the spirit of the anointed one you are not of him sorry and if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one you are not of him now christ lives his life in you say that about you christ lives his life in me that's my starting point it's all christ in me i my life i have been crucified with christ i no longer live but christ lives in me and the life which i'm now living in the flesh i live by the faith of son of god who loved me and gave himself for me that's everything that i do i'm one with him i don't separate myself okay now christ lives his life in in you and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin his life giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by god even though this body is dead because of sin but his spirit his resurrection spirit is in me is giving life to this mortal body yes god raised jesus to life and since god's spirit of resurrection lives in you he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you so then beloved sons the flesh has no claim on you at all the flesh has no claim on you at all and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it see what it is saying it is saying that you're not obligated to be dominated by it you know when someone says that i'm just getting negative thoughts and it's just taking over me and i don't know how to and then the bible tells you to pull down and bring it to the obedience of christ in you okay he wouldn't tell you to pull down if it wasn't possible it's saying here is because the holy spirit is in control now is in dominion so so then beloved ones the flesh has no claim on us at all and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it for when you live controlled by the flesh you are about to die but if the spirit of uh, if the life of the spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh we then taste his abundant life can i read that again for when you live controlled by the flesh you are about to die but if the life of the spirit that means if you choose by the spirit the holy spirit i told you is there to remind you of your righteousness and in every area he's telling you who you are he's telling you your divine nature this is who you are by default you by default everything in you is just like your father now and when the flesh rises up this is what the holy spirit is doing if by the spirit you put to death the corrupt ways of the flesh we then taste his abundant life there is some fruit there it leads to life and peace just trust me sometimes you do things blindly i just it doesn't make sense to my head and i just know that just that's just the way the father works it's not going to it's not going to make sense to my mind because that is logical and i don't want logic everything about our sons are led so many of you were led into beloved did it make sense no so many of you done certain things because you were just led it didn't make sense to your mind logic because sons are led we are led by the impressions of our heart now he'll give us those desires and you just following those desires okay that's how a son is and so if you if you that means he's saying that if you choose life if you're allowing yourself to be dominated by the holy spirit guess what you're going to taste you're going to taste abundant life in that area okay 
Now, <clears throat> go down to verse 14. Now, see this. The mature children of God, the mature children of God, the mature sons of God, that's what it means, are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. In another translation, it says, those who are led by the Spirit of God. It just means the mature sons of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That means at every step, you chose, you chose spirit. You know when it is flesh and when it's getting into a logical and reasoning mind. Everything about a son, sons are led. That's who you are. That's your, that's your habitation that a son is led. You have to be foolish enough and you have to go into logic and reasoning to be led by the flesh. Trust me, it's always like that. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the spirit. It's a choice that you make. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God and you will never ever, you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. See this, you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved son. The Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. You know, in everything, when I keep telling you, you know, go to the father, go to the father, is because this is what he's doing. The Holy Spirit in you, in every problem that you have, he is making God's fatherhood real to you. Calling you God's beloved one. The more you go directly to the father, you're going to have greater testimonies because you're going to be all your testimonies. That's what makes your individual relationship with him, with him stronger. It just makes you a more secure, matured son. Whereas the one who keeps going into prayer requests and things like that, it becomes religious. It just weakens you. Because what happens is you, you, uh, you, know, you miss the opportunity of allowing yourself to see yourself as fathered by him because you never went to him. And so you don't have, your relationship is weak. And so sometimes when you get some problems, you don't know how to, how to engage or just like even deal with them is because you never went to him first. You, you, uh, you, know, you got into a church culture and you started relationship with the fellowship rather than with him. Okay, and you missed it. That's why it just, uh, it, you'll just have more testimonies when you go to him first. That's why I encourage everyone to first always just wait. Don't forget that you're a son. And then instantly the Holy Spirit is there. And what is he doing? For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to you. As he whispers to you that you are God's beloved son. Okay? And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all he is and all that he has. Look at this. And since we are his true children, his sons, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. Heirs of God himself. That means God gave birth to another God kind. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. 
we will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. What does this mean, accept his sufferings as our own? In every area, you're dying in an area and you're seeing Christ's life in you. And guess what is dying? That carnal mind of yours. You're putting it to death. That's what I mean by, you know, as a son, you learn divine health. You walk in divine health. Was I getting up, beat up, beat up, beat up? Yeah, for years I kept getting beat up. And then I just died. And what did I die to? The lie that I was believing. That I can fall sick and, and sickness has dominion over me. And then I took the truth that I'm a son of God. It's, in my, it's not in my nature. I'm a new creation. And at every opportunity, I started taking that truth. Pulling down those thoughts. And started resting in it. In who I am. And then what happened? I went to the cross with it. That old man died. Priya died. And what's at, at the other side of the cross? It's resurrection life. In that, you have one mind. You don't have two thoughts now. You have a single thought. It's his thought in you. Okay? That's what's happening every time. I'm going to read. Let's read <clears throat> some of the verses that I put down there. Okay? Okay. Galatians. Um, for the desires of the flesh. Okay? Galatians 5.17. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For the... For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Can we open Galatians 5.17? Galatians 5.17. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to read from Galatians 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, what does this mean led by the spirit? If you allow yourself to be dominated by the spirit, that's what it means. You know, before you raise your voice to somebody, trust me, there's always a thought in your head at that point. And everything in you doesn't want to. Because now you have the Holy Spirit in you. He's telling you you're the righteous one. And it's at that time when you choose to not, to, uh, you're not taking on his identity and you go after And that's when you get impulsive. I just had that, I just had that today. Okay. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is not talking about your salvation. Okay, I'll read it in another verse. I put it up. But the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now look at verse 24. Again, look at Paul the way he talks about it. He doesn't make you identify with the flesh. Look at verse 24. And those who are Christ, are you Christ? We are sons. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Uh, I'm just going to read the TPD version. Okay, I just put it down here. Okay, let's look at this. Look at this. 
Galatians 5, okay? This is in the, uh, in the Passion Translation. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self from dominating you. See this. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self from dominating you. You know, if you keep looking at the sun, have you tried looking at the sun for some time? And if you look at the sun, after some time, you can't see anything. It will just be like blind spots. That's what it means to have your mind set on things above. It means you're not sin conscious. Your identity and I believe who I am because my father says so. And I choose because the spirit is in dominion. And when I am just living my life based on what the spirit says who I am, do you know that the flesh will not have a hold on me? I have to get distracted for me to do something silly. That's what it means to have your mind set on things above. Okay, so this is saying, look at this. For your self-life craves the things that offend, uh, verse 17. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self from dominating you. Okay, so then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. The new creation life of the spirit, that's who you are. And when you were brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Okay, the cravings of the self-life are obvious. Now see this. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the, the kingdom realm of God. It's not talking about being born again. It's talking about there's an inheritance for us. And the inheritance flows through spirit. Okay? But see this, verse 22. But, this, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace Peace that subdues, patience that endures, that's endurance, okay? Kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. That means by his impulses. So may we never be arrogant or look down on another for each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Okay. What is this talking about? What did I talk about in this? Okay. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. 
but if you are led by the spirit of god you are not under the law that's what it means if you are dominated by your spirit then you uh, if you are dominated by the spirit then you are not under the law in every opportunity in everything that's what it means to be those who are led by the spirit of god those are sons of god in every opportunity when you're choosing life when you're choosing the spirit it's going to give what is the end result it's going to give life and it's going to give peace it's going to give you abundant life okay in every choice that you're making let's read uh, some of the other scriptures that are put down okay romans 13:14 but put on the lord jesus christ so what is the way out what does it mean to put on but put on the lord jesus christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires romans 13 i'm just going to open that romans 13 verse 14 romans 13 verse 14 okay <clears throat> okay see this I, I'm just going to read from eleven onwards, and do this knowing the time that now, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent; the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day. not in revelry and drunkenness not in lewdness and lust not in strife and envy but put on the lord jesus christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust do you know what this means put on the lord jesus christ you know the more you read that sonship book that i gave you the more you are identifying with the spirit that's why you know when it says those those who live by the spirit it is death or those who live by the carnal mind is enmity with god that means constantly you're so obsessed with getting right with god through your flesh and it just you're just on a downfall and it's just on a downfall and then you realize the more you're pursuing the flesh now it gets more heightened because it because the flesh is against the principles of god it can never get right with god and so the way out of all of this and you want to say like you know what how do i know that it's all christ in me and how do i know that i'm you know it's all god's will and sometimes i get people tell me but sometimes i feel this act up and i say first i go i said do you believe who the father is saying you are that's how everything comes about so what is the way out of this whole you know the, this 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 mind of yours and look what it's saying it says put on the lord jesus christ and make no provision for the flesh that's why it's saying how are you transformed by the renewing of your mind how are you transformed that word in in greek means transfigure the same word for transfiguration on mount we are transformed by the renewing of our mind into a new identity so all god is saying all the holy spirit is doing in you he's telling you i want you to put on the lord jesus christ how can you put on you're one with him in spirit where is the putting on the putting on is in your soul in your mind that's why you believe first who you are and even as you're believing your identity you're getting christ conscious it's saying make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires by default you're allowing the spirit to take control right because you choose to believe this is who i am and every step when you're doing that it's making no provision for the flesh to satisfy its desires look at galatians 
but I walk, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the spirit. So in Romans, it's telling you to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That means start believing who you are. Everything comes from first believing who you are. I believe that I'm one with him. I just believe. I believe that everything that he says, it's all him in me because it says I was crucified with Christ. And I believe that whatever it is not of me, just shows it to me. I know it. And that's my point. I believe that I'm spirit. It says that which is born of this flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. I'm a spiritual being. I'm a life-giving spirit. The word says that it's all his life in me. That my whole life is written in Christ. This is how I, I, I live my life. That it's Christ working in me. It's Christ doing all those things in me. And so I say, walk by the spirit. That means I'm believing it. I'm now walking by the spirit and I will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? Romans 6.6 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we no longer be enslaved to sin. Romans 7.18 For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. We read all of this. For I have the desire to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out, okay? I've read all of this, so I'm not going to go there. Uh, for the mind that is set on the flesh, see this, verse 8. The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Verse 8, uh, verse 8, 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Okay, the Holy Spirit is in you today. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. I don't want to talk about this, maybe at another point. But uh, look what it says. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Okay, that's why, you know, there's something about marriage and being uh, sex before marriage. Okay, just the way God calls. If you want, the devil perverts everything that God made. God calls it oneness. The world calls it sex. Okay, and the Bible clearly dis, uh, distincts something. Look at this, free from sexual immorality immorality every sin a person commits is outside the body but a sexually immoral person sins against his own body it makes a, it makes a distinction about this okay i'll talk about this in another sermon 1 john 2 16 for all that is in the world see this the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the father but is from the world all for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Okay? The Father wants you to have all things. Trust me. It's his inheritance. He wants to give his sons everything. But don't let it become a slave to you. That's when, and not because it's wrong. It's just not in your nature. Because you're a son, you're above all things. He'll give you all money as long as it's not making you a slave to it because then it begins to rule you. I, I love doing business, but I don't want to get it in such a place where it starts ruling over me. I like the freedom. Like, let money serve me. 
I don't want to begin, begin serving money. Okay? Colossians 3.5 Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Put to death what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present age, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The reason I put this verse down, look at this. It says we do not flesh wrestle against flesh and blood. That means it's not about you think it's, it's a person arguing with you. It's not. These are spiritual things. And that's why I tell you sometimes just hold your peace. Don't forget you're a son because you think it's someone fighting with you. Oh, this person messed up and person is doing certain things. But God is saying you're not fighting against flesh and blood. And the minute you don't allow it to steal your peace, you just hold your position. I've seen this so many times. Everything shifts. And those very people are different to you. And then I realize the fight is not against flesh and blood. It might be coming through flesh and blood, but it's not against flesh and blood. And you, you attack it not through flesh and blood. You attack it spiritually. And how do you attack it spiritually? By you not forgetting what your position is, that you're a son. By keeping calm, you know, the fruits of the spirit. That's what's going to happen in every opportunity. When it says to be spiritually led and not carnally, that means you're subduing your flesh and choosing the spirit. Guess what you're producing? You're producing one of the fruits of the spirit, okay? Sometimes it's love. Sometimes it's joy. When sorrow is coming in, you're choosing joy. Sometimes it's, it's self-control. You're not being impulsive and you're just being patient. Sometimes it's kindness. Everything in you wants to just get irritated with that person and you're choosing to, be, to give some kindness or to give mercy. Guess what is going to happen? The end result of that, because you chose spirit over flesh, you allowed your spirit man to dominate, it's going to produce life and peace. In that situation, you see a divine hand over it or you see some sort of, some sort of supernatural shift in that. Because you chose spirit. Because anything that is spirit leads to life and peace. And a carnal mind or anything that you're choosing through the flesh, it leads to death. Just apply that, okay? Do that. You'll see it. We do not fight against flesh and blood, okay? Verse John 1.14. I want... Um, John 1.14, okay. And the word became flesh. Now, this is talking about Jesus, okay? Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is talking about Jesus becoming flesh. Now this is talking about physical flesh, becoming flesh. Matthew 16, 17. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. What is he talking about? Flesh and blood. What is the revelation that Simon Barjona, this is Peter. Peter gets this revelation. You are the son of God the Messiah, the coming one, Christ. And then Jesus looks at him and says, flesh and blood has not given you this. That means this head has not given you this flesh and blood. This revelation has come from my father in heaven. Not flesh and blood. Not your logical mind didn't get this all. This revelation has come from my father who is in heaven. Okay. Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Spirit over flesh. That's why I remember when Jesus says, fast and pray right now for me. Okay? For all of them sitting so that they don't fall into temptation. 
this is what he's saying. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay? Romans 6, 6, uh, 6, 16. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? Now, this is what I mean. Do you not know that whoever you present yourselves, whoever you present yourselves to, to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. I'm not talking about getting right with God. This is not what it's talking about. You're a son of his blood. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. This verse is going to give you life in every situation, in every problem that comes your way. Constantly, there are two things in your head constantly. I told you any problem that comes your way, it comes to make you doubt who you are as a son. Like today I was in a store and something happened, you know, and uh, everything in me just wanted to react and just... Uh, you know, maybe say a few things. And it's at that time when you, when you, I choose spirit and I'm not allowing my flesh to rise up and I'm going to choose and one of the fruits is going to be manifested. And in that situation, what did I need to give? Just kindness or mercy to somebody who, who, who is, who doesn't deserve the good, but I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to give him some, I'm not going to give him the bad that he deserves, giving him mercy. And trust me, in that, even as you're giving that life, you're, you're choosing spirit there. You're not allowing the flesh to, be, to dictate you anymore because the Holy Spirit is in you. It's going to give life and peace. The end result was getting some favor there. Just blessing, abundant life. It just led to life. In every, that's what it means. Whoever you present yourself, that's one you are, whom you're going to obey. You know, I'm not... I'm not going to let the flesh tell me who I am. If I would have let my flesh rise up at the time, I'm still choosing. I don't get my identity from the flesh. I'm still a son of his blood. I'm still born from above. My identity is that of the spirit man. But every time I'm subduing the flesh, trust me, there's a fruit. There is life and it's going to live, give you peace at the end. Life and peace. Okay. And what is the difference? Like someone says, you know, how do I know it's flesh? How do I know it's me? It's Christ. First, I say, believe your identity. That little sonship book that we've given all of y'all. Okay. It's Christ in you. That's your starting point. You start with that. Okay. Just a minute. Sorry. Um, that's who I believe who I am. Okay. In Hebrews, it talks about the word of God is a discerner between the soul and the spirit. So I say, open up the word. Sometimes, you know, like it, it talks about the works of the flesh, right? How do I know something is, I want to know what God's opinion on certain things are, not my opinion. And so even as I get to the word, the word constantly shows me God's opinion, God's ways of doing things. And then I let the word be the discerner. Some people go off in certain things and I realize because the word has no foundation in their life. And you bring everything back to the word. If it doesn't match the word, I don't even take experiences. I let the word be the navigator for everything. It says, I want to, uh, you know, I'll just take one or two more scriptures before closing today. Okay. Look at what it says in Hebrews. Okay. See this. For the word of God, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God, for the word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, 
soul and spirit. That means what is my navigator? It's the word of God. Okay, it's the word. The word is going to show me, is this opinion, this is not God's opinion. This is my soul. The word of God is my navigator. Okay, the word of God is, is <clears throat> piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The thoughts and the intents of the heart. Sometimes, you know, I do a, a thought audit. Okay, like, you know, sometimes if you text somebody when you're a little irritated and then after some time when you're normal and at peace and you go over those texts and then you can clearly see these are not my thoughts. This is all the flesh. This is all the flesh rise up. And it's good sometimes to do that because you can just navigate and you can discern that this is not me. This is all, this, this was the flesh. Like recently, Michael told me, he's saying, go over the text message that he sent me. <laughs> he's saying, look at the flesh rising up. And I was like, whoa, how did I even allow that? You know, and then I had to go and I, I take it down. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to give this position, give this dominion in my life because I, I let the spirit, uh, the flesh take over in this and pull it down and bring it to the obedience of Christ. Okay. And that's what it means. That's what Christ is getting formed in your soul, man. A carnal mind constantly. I, I try to see things, you know, when you're overthinking things and sometimes people say, Priya, stop overthinking. And then I'm like, yeah, where did this come from? Overthinking. Overthinking mind came from Adam, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because he started thinking and processing and then he took the fruit, right? He just had to eat the fruit just because the father said so, period. And so sometimes I have to look at the word and it doesn't make sense. But if it says you're a new creation, it's not in your nature to fall sick, then that's it. That's it. And you just take it like a little child and just believe that. And you take, take that on as your identity and you just walk in it, walk in it. And then the Holy Spirit will will lead you and father you as we saw in, in Romans. It's saying that it's God's fatherhood now. And he's calling you my beloved child. And in every way, he is the one teaching you. And so you take on that identity and in everything, he's reminding you that you're a son. He's reminding you you're righteous. He's, he is taking absolute dominion over that soul of yours. That carnal mind, pulling it down. And, 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 and replacing it with the tree of life in you, okay? When the flesh is rising up, how do you put the flesh down? How does it say in the word? How does it say to put the flesh down? Not by going and telling somebody this is sin. It doesn't say you'll, you'll ignite them more. They'll want to do all those things more because, because the law heightens sin, okay? How do you tell somebody, put on Christ and give no room for the flesh? That's what it says. That means remind the person who they are, that they're a son of God, that it's not in your nature, that you're just like your father. Get your identity from the spirit. And even as you're waking up to your spiritual truth, that you're a spiritual being, that you're a son of his blood, that this flesh doesn't have to tell you who it is anymore. You don't have to run after it and try to get right. You can't, you'll die. You take on your spiritual identity. Guess what's happening now? It says, make no provision for the flesh. That's how you get somebody. So I don't have to tell people, sin, not sin. That's the law. They'll do more. They'll sin more. But the more I tell them who they are, Christ consciousness of who they really are, the true nature, 
I'm becoming one with the Holy Spirit, right? You're already one with the Holy Spirit. Now I'm reminding you who you are because what the word says. So trust me, everything in you is now subduing the flesh because the truth is it doesn't like those things anyways. The spirit has come into dominion. Okay. I wanted to take today's spirit and flesh because is the flesh there? Of course it is there. But it says that we have crucified the flesh with our passions and desires. Okay. It acts up. It acts up. And then when you, you know, it acts up and if you don't subdue it, it just goes on and it'll take you on a trail and that trail is just going to lead to death. And I don't mean physical death. It's just like, it, it's an argument. You know, you get with somebody and it's just like, it's just going to lead nowhere. And the end result is just death. And then it just says, be spiritually minded. It means set your mind on things above. That's what it means. That means put on Christ. In every area, you have a choice to be spiritually led. That's why it means those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. That means you're making a choice to allow yourself to be dominated. And is it easy? Yes, it is. It's a choice that you get to do. And even as you do that, you're not allowing that flesh wants to rise up. You're taking over. You're subduing it. I promise you, it leads to life and peace. In every area. You know, when you, you had the answers to give it back to somebody, but you chose not to. You held your peace. Or there's a conversation going on about some people and you knew some things about that person, but you chose not to say it. You zipped it. Because why? I'm, I don't have the spirit of the accuser of the brethren in me. I choose not to. You pulled it down. There is a reward at the end of it. It will lead to life and peace because you're walking in your true nature as a son. And the word says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. There's something you're, you're, you will see something at the end of it. Okay. Every time you showed kindness to somebody when you didn't want to, and you're subduing that flesh and you choose not to, the end is life and peace. You will see it. Okay. It's a shift that you're going to see it. How do you subdue the flesh? If you have people who are acting up around you and you see people who are doing things that they shouldn't. And I know sometimes it bothers, right? Like you want, but they're doing things because they haven't put on Christ. That means they don't know who they are. And the way out is not going and telling them that's wrong. So it's reminding them that they're a butterfly. They're not a fly anymore. They become a new creation, a new species. And reminding them that they're a son. That's why put on Christ and give no room for the flesh. That's the way you do it. You go and just take on that book and start reading the word again. And for you, if you find yourself, the flesh acting up, I just go deeper into the word and reminding myself, I don't let my flesh tell me who I am. I just take on, yeah, I'm a son. And I start reading. Sometimes I open up that book and I just start just reading it, reading it, that this is my real nature. I am just like my father. I'm one with him. And I, I take on the fruits, love, joy, peace. Oh, it's in my nature to be self-control, faithful, kindness. It's in my nature. And I just start taking on, even when it acts up, I choose and I just start it because it's who I am. Because... When I put on Christ, there is no room for the flesh. That's the way out. Okay. I know today's word was just like reading verses and scriptures and things like that. Okay. But uh, our identity comes from spirit being. Born again means born from above. And the more you're allowing those words, your spiritual identity to take dominion in you, it's, it, it's making no room for that flesh. Okay. And that's what I mean. The simplest thing is just staring at the sun, right? The more you're staring at the sun, everything else is blind spot because you can't see. And that's what it means to be Christ conscious because that, that is the truth. 
our spirit died, our, our flesh has been crucified. And so the more you're walking into it, everything, it's all Christ in you. Okay, uh, let's just close in prayer. Uh, so let's just say this. Uh, let's give um, an, uh, a thanksgiving of all the increase that you received in your soul, okay, of all the life that you got. Let's just give, him, give Jesus a thanks. He's our high priest. So just say this after me. Father, I'm a son in your kingdom. Jesus, you are my high priest. And right now I give you a tithe of all the increase that you brought into my soul. And just worship him with that right now. Father, I thank you that as you are, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. I thank you that it's you in me, both to will and to do for your good pleasure. I thank you that even as it's all Christ in me, even as I renew my mind, even as I walk in the awareness that it's all you in me, I give no room for the flesh. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in each one of us right now. In Jesus' name, amen.